Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone. I am so glad you're here. I am Audra Egan, your host of Women in the Arena podcast, where we celebrate women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We have yet another remarkable woman here today that I can't wait for you to meet. Thanks for joining me, and let's start the show. Welcome in, everyone. I am so glad you're here. I have yet another fascinating woman that I want to introduce you to. Today is joining me, Juana Bradford, and she is a remarkable woman, and she has a very, very busy life. She is a serial entrepreneur, and she is a global leader in the strategic planning and performance management arena. She's also a three-time international best-selling author, public speaker, trainer, philanthropist, and artist. And she still makes time to do, her, to do her gardening and make time for her family. I don't know how she does it, but she does it with grace. It is my pleasure and honor to introduce to you Loana Bradford. Loana, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roger, for having me. How are you doing? I am great. Um, it, in considering that we're making the best of a challenging situation in the middle of COVID and, and whatnot, you know, we're we're doing the best with what we've got. And sometimes that's the best you can do, Um, which is, uh, thank you is a great lead in to what we're (laughs) going to talk about today. Thank you for the layup. Um, In talking to you, You've had led a very fascinating life, and you said that you've gone through a couple of things that helped you develop as an individual. And one of the things that we were going to talk about today is a pretty deep topic, uh, but it's not one that any of us escape. I think that we have all been there. Uh, The topic that we're going to discuss today is when darkness falls and when you find yourself in that sea of despair and you've got choices and what what are you going to do so Luana, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about your journey through the sea of darkness and what you did to survive <laughs> sure well um not to not to protract <laughs> the dark mm-hmm. journey, but um, it, I, as, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur and one of the things as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for opportunities and just enjoying that, 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 that creative space that entrepreneurs flow and, and, and flourish with, uh, with ideas and with creativity and spontaneity when there's ease and flow. And I suddenly found myself um, 
smacked up against a wall. So ease and flow suddenly stopped when it came to um, my marriage fail. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's one thing, but we can, we can get over that. We can rebuild. Right. And then 2007, 2008 economic crisis hit. And one of my businesses was a mortgage brokerage, which uh, was hit (laughs) tragically like everyone else. We did survive. So that's a good thing. But um, because of what we were in and the residential side, we had to quickly uh, shift where we were in business and our focus in order to, to remain afloat. But in the meantime, my brother who had come, gone into business with me, or I should say I went into business with him, he had all the licensing and he decided, you know what? I need to get out while the getting is good. And uh, I wish you all the best. Well, that didn't work well because as I said, divorced, <laughs> I'm the sole sole uh, breadwinner now in my household, and now my brother, who has all the license licensing, is gone. So it's like, okay, how do I eat? What do I need to do? You've got a triple whammy here. So you have an an economic crisis. <laughs> yes. Your support system, meaning your brother, said, you know, I'm I'm good. It, it's all <laughs> useless. Good luck. Yes. And, you know, and you are in the middle of a divorce. So that's a lot on your plate. That that's a lot to say, okay, what's next? Yes. It was um it was it was it was traumatic and having to quickly do what I needed to do to get to get my licensing and everything up to par. But in the meantime, you know, things are still spiraling economically. And um I ended up losing almost everything except for my home. Um, and managed to still keep the business, the uh, doors of the business open. But I ended up, you know, living on, um, living on my savings, my 401k just to, just to survive. You know, I'm like, I do not want to be, be homeless. And I thought, okay, you know, Luana, you've got all this, the skills and knowledge experiences. You'll be able to get, you know, if you've got to go back into, um, into corporate for a while, you can do that. It'll be easy. Well, I couldn't even get a job. I was overqualified uh, for everything I was applying for. Um, and I thought, this is, this is really sad. I mean, I was to the point where I said, I'm okay with even being a Walmart greeter. And there's nothing, you know, I don't say that in any um, demeaning way against individuals that take those positions. But I was willing to do anything in order to keep a roof over my head. And that still didn't work. I, you know, I think that many of us, found ourselves in that position where there was just nowhere to turn. There was nowhere to hide. And we were just trying to survive and figure out the best we could. Um, That was a very, very difficult time. It it was. So I was, I was piecing together income from, I decided to do tutoring. Uh, I did math tutoring for high school and elementary school students. Uh, Was able to do a few loans here and there. And then I found a company uh, that did research marketing. And I had done that as part of my former corporate life. So started to do that. And again, I'm thinking, okay, Luana, surely there's going to be a light at the end of this very, very dark tunnel. Well, the light, Audra, finally came about three years later. So imagine three years Years. painfully 
you know, going through this and trying to keep um, my joy factor up um, as, as best as I could. And um, the, the, the wonderful thing about all of this was when I did, <laughs> when the light did shine, it was a beautiful rainbow and pot of gold was at the other end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up getting um, connected with, uh, with one of the, the biggest consulting firms, you know, and that's why I tell people all the time, your name, your reputation, your work, work ethic, it really precedes you. And it was because of someone had heard about me. They reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we, we need your support to finish out the project. We're, we're sorry. We don't have anything, you know, that's going to be longstanding to offer you. But it's, it's three months. I said, hey, three months is better than anything. And I like this, this money that I get for three months, so I'll take it. But the beauty in all of that, the three months turned into three years, which now is 11 years later. That's, that is a fantastic testament to keep going. Uh, but I know that those three years were not easy. Uh, I, I know that you were challenged at every single turn and trying to keep your spirits up. Um, during that period, that dark period of time, what did you go through? Was there some sort of uh, an emotional transformation through that period? Because I, I don't know if anybody remembers how it felt. I certainly remember how it felt. Maybe many of you have blocked it out of your memory because it was so painful. But it, it, in that time, it, there was definitely reason to fall into darkness, but you chose not to. Uh, there's a quote that hangs in my office that says, in the middle of a dilemma is opportunity. And I think that you took advantage of that. But what did you find for yourself in those three years? In those three years, I think I fought hard to keep my, and I'm using this term, emotional sanity. Because it's so easy when everything is going left and you really want to go right to start to question yourself to start to doubt, you know, your, your self-worth. Um, there's the, the, the why start to come up, you know, you're looking around and it's like, okay, why did, why did the, the tsunami decide to hit this side of the street and not, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I had to just get into a place of gratitude, which you hear people talk about, oh, gratitude is so easy. It's not when you're in the pit of despair, it is really, really hard to lift your head up and say, thank you. And I had to just start with the smallest of things, literally to say, thank you for allowing me to even want to get out of bed today. Cause many days I'm like, it feels really good to lay here with the covers over my head. And if I do get up, I'm going to have some pizza and just, you know, have myself a fun fest, you know, a pity party. It was pizza and Betty Davis movies. That was my that was my drug of choice during those during those three years. I'm serious. And my friends, if they would call, they're like, "What are you doing?" And if I said I'm putting on Betty Davis, they're like, "Oh God, she, she's losing it. She has lost her mind." Yes. But it was also how you maintained your sanity. At, by 
one step at a time, one day at a time, one small gratitude at a time when you, when you found yourself taking those steps out of the darkness. Um, but what did it do for you personally? Meaning uh, in the middle of all of that, it has been my experience that you have a couple of options in the middle of that despair and you either find out where you're weak or you find out where you're strong. Did you have that experience as well that you had an awakening, so to speak? I, you know how your parents will always say, oh, you come from a strong, strong background, your legacy, you know, your grandmother was stronger, whatever, you know, when you hear it as a kid, it's like, okay, great, whatever. What does that really mean? And I realized, wow, there is, there was something through all of my years of, of learning with my family, just even just people who've mentored me that if they planted seeds of, I guess, pillars within me. Mm -hmm. And those were what I was calling on during that time, you know, hearing, hearing those voices, like urging me to just, just keep going, you know, just get up, just, you can, you can do this. And if you had told me a few years prior that I would have been going through that, I never would have believed it. And if you had told me that I would have been able to survive with the positive mindset, the energy that I have and come out of it where I am now an encourager and an exhorter of women, I would have laughed and thought, well, who cares? <laughs> who cares about other, <laughs> other women and what they're going through? I'm good. You know, I had a very, I think because my life had been so good and so blessed, I took that for granted and almost um, offensively so. And I didn't see that until I went through the darkness and looked back. And I thought, wow, what, what arrogance, what cockiness, you know, where is the, where's the humility? Where is the grace in that, you know, you're not, you're not entitled to all that you have. You're blessed to have it, but it's not an entitlement. And so I think by, and I believe God took me through this to just really humble me and strip me of that arrogance so that I could come out. Um, sharing a story, sharing a story of hope, sharing a story of encouragement um, to help other people that are going through through similar and or worse situations. And because of surviving the economic piece, I was also hit. And, you know, I talked about this prior to the, this interview uh, with a physical uh, ailment. So I was diagnosed with cancer. That's right. And you were forced to deal with this as well. But from what I recall, when you were speaking to me previously, that because of your experience of, uh, of this um, economic crisis all at once and giving you that perspective, it allowed you to face your cancer diagnosis with a whole different mindset. Um, yes, totally different. Yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about how you were able to look at it from a positive point of view rather than something that would previously you would have thought that this is, this is it, this is over. I, I, I can't handle it. Well, when I was diagnosed, <clears throat> obviously you don't go in expecting to hear that you have cancer. 
But I, um, I remember telling a friend, going to him and saying, this is what I'm dealing with. This is rare. I'm trying to figure it out. And he said, well, you only have two choices. And I looked at him like he had lost his mind. I'm like, what do you mean two choices? I don't even know what it is yet. He said, you have two choices. You have a choice to die living or to live dying. It's your choice. And that totally transformed me in an instant. You know, there's some things in life that will cause you to just metamorphosize into something different. I mean, instantly. And that was a transforming moment for me that I said, whoa, we all have a a termination date. We don't want to talk about it, but we do. And I want to live life to the fullest. So no, I'm not going to, you know, to, to die living. I'm going to live. And, and not saying that I I have this, oh, Luana, this is going to take you out. I don't know what is, or we know none of us do, but because of that and everything I went through, suddenly life became that much sweeter. And I always was telling people, oh, life is happening now. Life is happening now. Well, really? Yeah. Life is truly happening now. Yesterday is gone. We can't do anything about that. Tomorrow, it's not promised. What we have is this moment, this time, breath to breath, step by step, thought by thought. And that is how I choose to now live. Just relishing and savoring the moment, even even the the darkness that comes periodically, because there's always ebbs and flows in life, but just savoring it for the beauty that it is. So you are you are reveling in the joy that life is. And it is. I mean, you can't have pain without joy uh, because otherwise you wouldn't know the difference. But you have chosen to see the good rather than live in the negative and the bad and the darkness. Uh, How have you taken this new mindset and how have you projected it towards other women that may have been going through something hard, terrible, a divorce, economic crisis, uh, because your life has run the gamut and you've, you've definitely <laughs> hit all of the big ones. Yeah. How, how have you, how have you taken that and, and given that to someone else to pass on and maybe they can look at it, their, their perspective from a different point of view? Um, that's a great question. So I have founded a movement called Celebrate You, Women Embracing Wellness. And this movement is designed to help elevate women to be the best versions of themselves, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Because we know once all of those things are in order or as it, in as much harmony as they can be, I like to use the term harmony instead of balance, then that woman is able to elevate to the highest version of herself so that she can impact the lives of her family, the community, the nation, and the world. So I'm now on this mission to tell women you know, we can sit, we can grovel and complain about what we don't have. But what about stopping and celebrating what we do have? What about stopping and celebrating the beauty that is you? Stop complaining about, oh, if I could just get rid of these saddlebags or if I could, you know, you are where you are. You are where you are. So love on that. And then transformation will start to happen. But when you're always looking at the negative, then you're never going to be pretty enough. You're never going to have enough money. You know, your family's never going to be right. 
but you know, when you focus on the beauty, then that's what tends to be magnified more. And I believe you start to attract more of what you focus on. I I 100% agree with you because you start to see more of what, what you want when you open up your mind and your heart to that and see less of the stuff that you don't. Um, There are, there are definitely some women out there that are listening and saying, you know what, but things are really hard right now. And you know what? They are, they definitely are, are challenging. But if we break it down to the simplest of actions, what would you say is the very first step that somebody, anybody could do, could do today to help start changing their perspective? I I think the first thing um, outside of what I said about being, being grateful for the the smallest of things, um, the things that money can't buy, you know, whether it's family, whether it's your health, uh, whether it's the love around you, um, that's the first start. And then I think looking at the resources that you have around you right now to meet your current need, your immediate need. Because oftentimes we tend to get frustrated and, and uh, anxious for things that we do know we have a need for, but immediately we're good. If you really think about the now, I mean, really anchor yourself in the now, you're really good. You're, you're really in a safe space. It may not feel that way because you're not looking at the now. You're looking at what if. And you're worried about tomorrow. So how would women get involved in this movement that you've started? Sure, they can. Um, we're, we're on Facebook, so they can find us on Celebrate You, Women Embracing Wellness. It's a public group. And uh, just join in and, and participate, engage. Um, we're... We, we love to elevate and, and inspire and motivate each other um, on, on all the different platforms that I mentioned, from financial to, to physical wellness, mental health. That's a big one right now because of everything that's going on. So we're, there's a lot of dialogue on our page right now about how do you maintain that uh, emotional and mental well-being. And, and it's okay to say I'm not okay. Yeah, you know, I've discovered that, that a lot of getting through is saying out loud, I'm not okay. This is, this is hard. And I I don't know what to do next. And you'll find, at least I have found that many people will come alongside you and say, you're right. This is hard. Let's take it step by step together. And how can we help you make a forward step? At least that's what I have found over the last five months that we've been going through this. No, I, I, t- I totally agree. I mean, it's okay to say, you know, this sucks. Like I have a cousin right now who has been on the ventilator for 21 days. Um, wow. That's, that's not, that's not a pretty picture. You know, we're thankful that he's still here, but that sucks. You know, someone who was healthy, who did everything, actually he works in a hazmat suit. It's like, really? You know, so there's anger. There's all of those emotions that you allow yourself to go through. But then you step back and say, but he's still here. There's still hope. So you're, you're taking that new perspective and, and really living it. Even in the darkest of times, you really are living 
that perspective. Yes. So my question for you is before we get into the, the part of, of my conversation, which I have called the test time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, My question for you is, would you, would you consider your experience of going through the darkness now being on the other side, would you consider it a gift or a curse? A gift. A gift. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, you know, I would agree with you. And the reason why I say that is because every time that I have come out on the other side of darkness, I like who I meet there. Meaning myself, I've, I've liked who I've become. I like who I've evolved to. And I acknowledge and I'm thankful that if I hadn't had the journey, I probably wouldn't be that person. Exactly. So, so that was, that was, thank you for that uh, response because I was hoping that I wasn't the only one that considered <laughs> difficulty a gift, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for being so open and vulnerable with that because it's not easy to openly say I've been through a really hard time, but I've gotten through the other side of it. So there is hope for those out there that may be experiencing this right now. There's probably quite a few of them. So thank you for that. And I think about like how you said on the other side, if I hadn't gone through what I did, I wouldn't have the message that I have today to touch the thousands of lives that I'm touching on a daily basis. That's pretty profound. Yes. And I would say that that is your gift forward is helping to change their lives too, just as yours has been changed and you never know what they might do. They might, they might take that and pay it forward again. Yes. And that, that would be, that would be quite a legacy for you um, and quite a legacy for all of us. I and mean, that's, I think that that's what we want to do when we're here on this earth is that we want to leave a little bit of ourselves behind that helped make this planet just a little bit better. Yes, definitely. Okay. So I'm going to get to the test time. Um, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. So my first question on this quiz is what are you currently reading what am i currently reading i am reading build a business not a job by david tinkle Ooh, (laughs) build a business not a job that sounds fascinating because don't we all want to have a business rather than a job because what is that saying that if you love what you do you never work a day in your life that's correct and it, from your, your joyous disposition, disposition, I'm willing to bet that you really enjoy what you do. I do. like it. <laughs> so everybody take note. <laughs> so my second question for you is, what are you currently learning? Oh, I am learning allowing. I'm learning about, you know, we've got all the universal laws and one of the universal laws is the law of allowing, really allowing people to be who they are um, and not impose Luana's way, 
on them, allowing them to express themselves, to to bring their ideas and and to trust that it's it's good. You know, I may do something different, but it's okay. It's the diversity of life that makes things that much more delicious. So I would say for me right now, it's it's pausing and just allowing because I can, you know, I can be a, a pretty dominant personality and it's easy to say, oh, okay, that's great, but let's do it this way. Or, oh, okay, that's great, but, you know, listen to this idea. And to just to sit back and just listen and go with the flow and say, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you lead. I'll let you, you be. That's, um, that's where I am right now. You know what? That is a really good endeavor because I think that if everybody took a little bit of that, then there probably wouldn't be as much strife on, on a regular basis for all of us in, in our nation and in our planet. If we all allowed each other just a little bit of grace yes. to be themselves, then we can appreciate each other for who we are and enjoy the differences as much as the similarities. Yes. So my last question for you is what's next? What's next is I am currently in another collaborative book called um, The 31 Ways of Influence. And I will be writing two chapters from a business landscape. And this is based on the Proverbs 31 woman. So it's this woman that appears to be able to do everything and then some. Um, But what it really speaks to is trust and believing in the genius that God has planted in you and allowing that to birth itself into the beautiful fruits that you were designed to bring to this to this earth you know we we are unique beings created for I believe uh, divine purposes here in life and that we can only touch certain people you know certain people are going to be attracted to us and, and and our messages and and what we're here to to do and how we're here to serve and so um, that particular book I will be writing from, from a business slant, uh, taking it from women in business and how, um, how they can still make a difference and make an impact that, that goes beyond acquiring the dollar. So that's, that's what's next. And that will be out to, uh, the end of this year. So in 2020. Wow. So you've got a you you've got quite a bit ahead of you, but what what a wonderful endeavor uh to give that expertise and that perspective point of view to assist women to elevate themselves to their highest and best selves. Yes. So before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to get in a last thought to, to the audience, uh, a last statement of, of encouragement and just a, a little bit of joy that you can all share with them. Okay. Um, well, the one thing that I want to say to those that are listening is life is going to happen. There are going to be those tsunami episodes that happen in our lives. We live long enough. We're going to face them. But I just encourage you all to believe that for such a time as this, or for such a time as whatever that challenge will have you face tomorrow, you have all that you need in you to not only overcome, but to rise above. 
And through those challenges, it will make you stronger. It will enable you to be that bridge for someone else who's going to cross that same lane of challenge that you you cross. But because you paved the way, you're going to help lighten their load and show them how to avoid the stumbling blocks and find the stepping stones in life. So I just encourage you to keep your head up, uh, to know that this too shall pass. And there is truly a light at the end of the tunnel if you just choose to look up. Thank you for your transparency and thank you for your gift of joy. I think right now that that is needed now more than ever, which is one of the reasons why it was so important for me to talk to you because speaking to you, you can feel the joy, you radiate it. And I'm hoping that the audience got a little bit of that gift. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. It, the pleasure was all mine. And I'm looking forward to reading your next book. <laughs> thank you. Thank you everyone for joining me. And we'll see you again next time. That's our show. Before I let you go, I have some business that I need to get to. First, I want to thank my guests. I am continually awed at your generosity of spirit and your, the vulnerability that you continue to bring to our conversations. To you, my audience, you are incredible. Thank you for growing with me, and I hope that I continue to exceed your expectations. And to my team that helps me pull this off every single week. To our composer, Star Diva, who is amazingly talented. To Alan Bruckner, our graphic designer. Thank you for taking my crazy ideas and giving it life. To Savannah Boster, our social media manager. You do this so much better than I ever could. And last, but certainly not least, our producer, my number one son, Gavin Agan. Thank you for supporting your mom with her dream. I couldn't do this without you, kid. Please follow us on our socials at Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at arena underscore women. See you next week. so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time. This is-